0: The Washington Commanders head up north to face the New York football Giants this Sunday. We've got your game preview with Big Dash Nose. (music) Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District's game preview of the Week 7. Interaction between the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the Stoner. We here are on the Believe Network. We're gonna have Big Dash Nose coming on here with us in a moment to talk about the New York side of things, mm. and it is gonna be an interesting game. Stoner. Washington went zero, one, and one last year against yeah. these New York Giants. Both yeah. of those games were very close. They were very low scoring what's your prediction as far as how this game is going to play out? Is it going to be another lower scoring game or is this going to turn into a shootout as the both defenses haven't quite got their footing underneath them?
1: Yeah, I think the first, the first one, I think this is going to be a lower scoring game just because neither of these teams have kind of shown their explosiveness this year, especially the giants. What is that, that record that they have right now? Like 27 straight drives without a touchdown or something like that. I mean, they're in the, they're in the pits. Uh, offensively and what Washington's defense really hasn't shown a whole lot till this last game. This is a game to me Nathan that's going to it's going to show the value of the coordinators. Because in New York defensively with Wink Martindale, he loves to blitz. He loves to come from all angles from players, the in linebackers from corners, from safeties, all that good stuff. Eric Bieniemy knows that, but he's got to design a proper offense game plan for this game to combat that. So that's where he's going to show his worth. And then on the other side of the ball defensively for Jack Del Rio, you've got, if you don't have Daniel Jones and it doesn't look like they'll have Daniel Jones, there's not a lot of weapons there except for Saquon Barkley. And so Jack Del Rio's got to, again, devise the proper game plan to stop Saquon Barkley and to make Tyrod Taylor beat you from the pocket and, and, that's what it really comes down to. If either one doesn't work out well for Washington, offensively or defensively, you're, they're gonna those coordinators are gonna take a lot of heat in the media this week.
0: Yeah, I imagine we're gonna see a lot more of that cinco package that we did against Atlanta—the five down defensive linemen there yeah. for Washington trying to stop Barkley from getting anywhere. You mentioned Martindale loving to blitz yeah. and. What do you think we fear most from or from a Sam Howe perspective because he's shown struggles against being able to kind of identify a free runner yep. and also he's struggled as we've seen when they drop back seven and only rush four. So what do you think is 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 scarier from the Sam Howe perspective? Martindale rushing a free free guy in or Martindale, trying to do what we've seen Sam struggle against, which is the seven drop back.
1: Yeah, I, I really think it's actually the guy's blitzing. That's going to give him more trouble because we he has shown a propensity to just stand in that pocket and hold the ball too long. And if they've got guys coming, then he's going to be in a little bit of trouble. But the seven dropping is not good for him either. So look, again, this is where Eric Bieniemy has got to help Sam Howe. We talked to Matt Sims about this. From Sims Complete. And he said the offensive coordinator can help get those sacks out of Sam Howell, not just by coaching it, but also by game planning it. So Mm -hmm. he's got to go with those shorter routes. He's got to have a safety valve at all times on these passes. Quick passes. Stop with these long 25 yard routes for four guys that he's got to figure out if there's seven guys back there or if there's six guys rushing, whatever. Make it simple for Sam Howell, short routes, intermediate routes, quick dump-offs, the running game, run the freaking ball, and that's how Eric Bienemy is going to be able to offset whatever Wink Martindale decides to do defensively.
0: Well, we need to find out what the Giants are planning, so let's get on Giants content creator Big Dash Knows. All right Big Dash, thanks for joining us here in enemy territory. Not that uh you're in your home territory living out there in Arizona, but right. it's uh it is a interesting game coming up here for Washington and New York as wa- your New York Giants went 0-1 and 1 against our Washington Commanders last season and one of those games was officiated by the crew that's officiating this Sunday, we of course have some beef with that crew.
2: You probably, less so it must've must been the second, it must've been the second crew the yeah. second from the second game.
0: Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. You have, you have less beef with that crew. How much do you think officiating is going to play a part in Sunday's game?
2: Ah uh, man. Uh, I think the officiating overall just around the league has been, you know, not up to par. Um, I'm hoping that it doesn't play a part. I, obviously, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about Darnay Holmes and end zone last year and the pass sure. interference or the, the the pass interference call. Don't do air
1: quotes.
2: No, air quotes on that one. It's, it's, it's where you're, you know, where you're away from it. It was absolutely <laughs> pass interference. I we yeah. you know we got a little bit of that medicine last week against the Bills and mm-hmm. in, in the end zone too. So you know, <laughs> karma yeah. that's good. But yeah, no, but no, absolutely. Oh, I, I hope not. I hope I hope that refs you know pretty much let these guys play, um, and you know don't ruin it you know for the fans and for the team as well too.
1: What the heck is going on in New York? all the talk last year was the surprise team and the success and coaching matters. Yeah. That's what I constantly heard was coaching matters when you went to Brian Dable. Now all of a sudden Brian Dable is the devil and they're they're saying he's the reason for all the problems. How what what changed with Brian Dable from year 1 to now year 2?
2: Yeah, if I if I knew exactly then I would be working for the NFL. If if I knew exactly. But um no, I you know when going into this season, you know, on paper the roster looks better. Um you thought you would have better results, but it ultimately just Ends up being like offensive line. You know, we can blame, we can pass a lot of that blame to Daniel Jones as well, not mm-hmm. being the quarterback that we expected him as far as making the next step. I'm not saying he's throwing for 40 touchdowns or nothing like that, but we definitely expect him to be more on track to like maybe 30 this year, you know. And he's looking, well, he's injured now, but um, I can't quite, pl- uh, can't p- um, put my finger on it, you know, too much. But I will say this: offensive line has a lot to do with it, also, um, the fan base too you know, when you're winning games, they excuse a lot of, you know, a lot of things that the coach might do because he was still fiery on the sideline last year. He's fiery on, fiery on the sideline now. He's still, um, you know, the questions that, you know, game. he's still answering the questions the same way. It's just that when you're losing, you know, you're under the microscope and they want to put a make-believe hot seat out. I, I think he's fine um, as long as, you know, we start to see a little bit of production. On offense, I think the last two weeks defensively, you know, we added, we had a couple of turnovers. You know, we kicked it up on defense. Now, if we can try to do something, and again, Daniel Jones is not playing, but he had a good history against the Commanders. Um, now we, we're looking at Tyrod Taylor most likely. Um, as far as I uh, know, I, I didn't see any reports today of any any change of uh, Daniel Jones being cleared for contact. But I just think if you can show a little bit more production on offense, I think a little bit of that, um, you know, I guess. Bad vibes for for Dable, you know, goes away. kafka's yeah. a whole other issue, though. Kafka,
0: <laughs> I got with Kafka. Oh, yeah. well, you're bringing up that offensive line. I mean, you guys had uh, a legendary moment with Pew being like off the couch. <laughs> they yeah. did manage to keep Tyrod Taylor upright for most mm-hmm. of the game. He only had three sacks against Buffalo, the a Buffalo team, by the way, that trounced Washington. Nine uh, Sam howe got sacked nine times in that game. How is this offensive line, this very, very makeshift? You're missing a lot of pieces there. How is that offensive line going to hold up to Washington's defensive front?
2: Like, you know what? Um, and I've always gave the commanders, Washington, before they were the commanders, credit for that uh, defensive line. Like, that that front four is phenomenal. But for whatever reason, we tend to play you guys well, you know, as far as, you know, I don't know if it's the quarterback being able to use his feet more, something like that. Uh, in regards to last week and Tyrod Taylor, um, one thing that Daniel Jones tends to do, I think that Tyrod Taylor doesn't do, is hold the ball a little bit too long. Like Tyrod Taylor's going to throw it into the stands. If it's nothing there, he's going to try to get out pretty quickly. Daniel Jones will hold on a little bit longer and wait to the last second to still try to make that play, and sometimes it ends up with a sack. So um, for, for, for me, offensive line, I'm, I am got my fingers crossed. Um, last week, I had low expectations against the Bills. Von Miller, second week back, expecting him to get into you know his, his regular zone. And it didn't happen luckily, Um, but I can't say that the offensive line played, you know, fantastic last week for Tyrod Taylor. I just think that Tyrod Taylor did a couple of things that, you know, throwing the ball away, you know, getting out of bounds that, you know, we don't, we don't normally see from Daniel Jones too much.
0: Well, while we're talking about those two QBs for the Giants, we we're talking with our Washington viewers and they were actually happy that Daniel Jones is going to be out because you mentioned, as you mentioned, got a pretty good record against us five, one, and one, and you know, not having a mobile quarterback back there and Tyrod Taylor seems like it might skew our way. Daniel Jones kind of surprisingly got a big contract this off season. He has not been performing. He didn't really perform super well last year, but Mm -hmm. the going market for QBs keeps going up. What is it like having Daniel Jones getting forty million a year, and now he might be sitting, and he certainly hasn't been playing up to that contract?
2: Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of history uh, about me. So, um, obviously, when we first drafted Daniel Jones, wasn't happy. I actually mm-hmm. wanted the guy that you guys drafted. I wanted Haskins. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, then, then you know he gets thrown in there against Tampa Bay Buccaneers fantastic comeback victory then beat you guys the following week. and I'm like okay I'm on the Daniel Jones train and then the next two seasons happen and I was ready to toss him in Hudson at the beginning of, of last year ready re- I was through with him and then you know I was actually thinking like okay you know how many weeks do we have before Tyra Taylor actually takes over starting um quarterback and this and then you know we win a couple of games he plays a, he plays a lot better or looks a lot better and again once when you're winning games after you've been losing for 10 plus years any kind of positive you're going to hold on to. And uh, me, I'm guilty of it. I took a lot of that positivity going into this season. High expectations. You add Darren Waller, you add Jalen Hyde, you add Paris Campbell, all these other guys. And I'm like, okay, you know, we paid them. And I'm like, well, you know, it wasn't at the top, top of the, uh, of the uh, quarterback market, but we pretty much paid him more than we should have um, at the time. But like, if if he had about six or seven touchdowns right now, we probably wouldn't be whining as much about it but, but the way that the offense is looking i think that's what the issue is and the fan base is absolutely flipped some people already did not, you know, like them going into the season they thought all last year was fake i was a little bit more optimistic i'll admit that but um right now it's like for me i don't care what we paying them i don't care who the quarterback is i just want to win games i want to look good and um right now it's just it's up it's up for grabs i will also say this though daniel jones had a front row seat To what Tyrod Taylor was able to do, and he didn't do much like a lot of people think Tyrod Taylor did some fantastic job last week. It wasn't super fantastic, but what he did was he took the shots he gave players a chance to make plays and we saw that with Darius Slayton and with Daniel Jones seeing that I think that once he is uh, back, uh, hopefully he um, takes a lot of those chances because you know that that's what that's what i've been asking for for weeks. But it sucks to answer your question. It sucks to pay this man that much money. I went on a tangent, but I'm saying it sucks to pay this man that much money and not get the results that you're looking for.
1: Sam Howell makes $850,000 this year.
2: Just saying. And you know, he's, just, I like Sam he's Howell, outperforming
1: performing Daniel Jones. Yeah,
2: I like so Sam Howell coming out too. So, um, yeah.
1: I thought, well, so he, I thought he didn't of, get a
2: fair shake either.
1: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of contracts and Giants players, like mm-hmm. the best player on the Giants. This year, last year, offensively, defensively, special teams, front office, whatever, Saquon Barkley, it makes the Giants go, and he's by far their best player. Yeah. Why, why won't they give him the money that he deserves? Put put. Let's put aside the whole running backs don't get paid kind of deal. He's the best player. He's what makes this offense goes for New York, at least in my opinion. Why are they not giving him the amount of money that he deserves?
2: Um. You can't trust him. I mean, that's hard. But like, as far as being healthy, your best uh, ability is availability. And, yes, he's phenomenal. He's fantastic. But how many times has he has he been out for multiple games, or for you know, for seasons? And I think that's that played a large part of it. And then I have to blame it on the, the running back market as a whole, too. Um, we did offer him a better deal than uh, the franchise tag. He thought he was worth more than that. He turned it down. Uh, GM, you know, held his ground on that. They were able to get a deal done, they gave him, a, I think it was an extra million dollars at the end of it uh, with this contract, but who knows what's going to happen now. But um, I was, you know, I was, for whatever happens, I was like, okay, if we're going to do this, let's go ahead and pay Barkley. I was fine with that. If we were going to try to move on from Barkley, uh, I thought maybe, you know, draft a little bit higher, running back, because this running back, the running back that came out this, this draft, Look at them; they're fantastic. Charbonnet's one of them. The guy from Miami is another guy that's a rookie. This was a good year to get some uh, to get a running back a lot earlier, and um, we didn't do that. And you know, it, it just it, Barkley is a superstar. It's just that I can't trust him one hundred percent to to be there, you know, day in, day out, week in, week out, and for, for these games.
1: Yeah, you have my vote if you want to get rid of him. I don't want to see him in
2: a Giants
0: uniform. By, by far, continue terrifying. signing Daniel Jones to extensions yes. and do yes. not sign Saquon Barkley. Correct.
2: Barkley's I wanted the gonna... guy that you guys had. I wanted Brian Robinson in that draft, man. I thought that would be a nice one-two punch. Sounds you like you one. could
1: be a Commanders fan. You, I know you oh, might wanted just switch. Over. Haskins. You wanted Howell. <laughs> you wanted uh, Brian Robinson. Come on over. There's room.
2: No, I mean when like I watch a lot of college ball and um out when i between you guys dallas philadelphia you guys have great drafts i know about all a lot of the guys that you guys draft and i'm just sitting there like i wish these guys when our were on our team like yeah. some of the guys and I, I look over a lot of players too when it comes to draft season and we'll we'll pick somebody and i'm like who and i've i've been looking at four or five hundred players and i'm still not like who like Joshua Zulu who who is that cordell Flatt, who's that you know i'm like <laughs> pickings is there we got wandel robinson so you know um yeah, it's it's yeah. when I look at you guys and how you guys draft, I look at Dallas for sure. Philadelphia again. I hate Philadelphia more than anybody, Um, but I have to admire the drafts that you guys had. Pretty good drafts, outside of your first, your number one pick this year. I didn't think he should want that high.
0: Well, he's certainly having some struggles, but the good news is, is you're not using Jalen Hyatt, and you don't have <laughs> any wide receivers for him to guard in the first place.
2: Without taking the chances, man. We're not taking the chances. <laughs>
0: The uh so Barkley is like Stoner said, kind of the offense there. He's gonna have some tough sledding this week as mm-hmm. Washington will likely employ their Cinco package, those five defensive linemen that worked really well against the Atlanta Falcons, Bijan Robinson, a very dynamic player in his own right as well. How will Barkley do Sunday against that that front, that that Cinco package that Washington likes to run?
2: I think if um sorry, my headset, I think we need to stick stick with the run and then run behind the the bigger side, like the right side, the right side. You're looking at Evan Neal. You're looking at Marcus McKeith. And these guys are better moving forward than moving backwards. Uh, So they're better and run uh, better and running the ball than pass protection. Um, I think you still need to try to stick behind that. Um, also try to get him involved in the passing game. We've been saying this for two years now on the Kafka. We thought it was going to be, you know, like an Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey type deal with Saquon Barkley because he has the ability to do that. And we have not seen that yet. And one of those issues is is that defenses, when they play the Giants, they're keen on Saquon Barkley. They ask, oh, why can't we run a successful screen? Uh, Because everybody's focused on Saquon Barkley. (laughs) You know, if you had a, a successful passing game, maybe they can fall for the screen or something like that. But um, yeah, so I think you, you have to keep pushing. There's no real recipe to it. If we had a dominant offensive line, then you know you just, you know, line up man to man and just push him off the ball and run with Saquon Barkley. But Barkley has not had that, you know, since he's got in the league. Last year he saw a little bit better um blocking. Thought it was gonna be even better this year. But there's there's no real answer to that. And again, you guys are strong up front. And um the only thing we could do is try to um maybe react to what you guys are doing. I would love to say we can dictate to the Washington Commanders how we're going to run our offense, but I don't think that happens unless the best thing for me, I think, is to spread you guys out and um, try to find the mismatch with Saquon Barkley. If we can line them up in the backfield, motion them out, get them on a linebacker one-on-one, work the flats, work the wheel routes, stuff like that, option routes, then maybe we can do something like that. But we don't have that type of protection, and that's Mm -hmm. the biggest issue with the New York Giants. For me this year, I expected the protection to be better. I expected the offense to open up under Kafka, And we're looking at everything is tight still. Um, You have double tight ends, but one guy's Walla Walla is not the best blocker. So, you know, how good is that going to be? So um, I think we need to stick with the spread out and maybe work Saquon Barkley. How like the old days of the Philadelphia Eagles with um, McNabb and um, what was the guys, the running back's name um, back then for the Eagles?
1: Maybe Westbrook?
2: Westbrook. There you go. How they worked the. You know, the, the short pass was an extension to the running game for the Philadelphia Eagles back then. So that's what I'm hoping for. Um, but then we're not just going to line up and, and try to power and, and run against you guys. We have to be more uh, thoughtful than that and then try to scheme and try to find a mismatch.
1: So let's switch to the other side of the ball for, uh, for the Giants defensively. Not good against the run. 147.5 yards per game defensively. Yeah. Not yeah. bad against the pass, kind of middle of the pack, and just in terms of your basic stats of how many yards per game they give up. So w- what, do, what do the Giants look at on the Washington offense and say, this is what we're w- worried about, and this is what we have to scheme up to stop?
2: Well, uh, the one thing I like about it is, again, um, I like our defense against your offensive line. You Don't have the strongest offensive line, and then you have a young quarterback. So um, with Wink Martindale, is he going to try to send that pressure Um, Are we going to play man-to-man and let's zone on the outside? I don't know. It is scary, Terry, out there. You know, you guys have some weapons on the outside as well. Um, So, for me, I think um, trying to get pressure with the front. Um, I do like the way that Bobby Okereke has finally stepped in at the linebacker spot. You mentioned the running game. Last week they did pretty good against the run against the Bills, but it is the Bills not not known for running the ball uh, too much. But um, I, I think that if we can keep um, – if, if we can force you guys or force Sam Howell to beat us, that's going to be the first step is try to stop that run. Um, better linebacker play again. Uh, O'Kerry Kay and McFadden seem to be coming into their own uh, right now the last two games. Uh, we tried to beef up the defensive line by adding uh, – was it uh, Nunez-Rochez and then adding A'Shawn Robinson. I wish they would play the rookie Jordan Riley a little bit more. But Nick Gates is your center. Leno is your tackle. I like those matchups. Um he, Dexter Lawrence is very familiar with Nick Gates. I think if we can push the pocket there, get that pressure, hopefully, hopefully, and try to slow down Brian Robinson. And I forget the, the name of your other running backs. Uh other Jimmy running back Gibson. right now. Gibson. There you go. And I think he's a lot, he's a versatile versatile guy. Um, if we can do that, then hopefully we can keep the score low and um hopefully, you know, win by a field goal because I can't trust my offense right now. <laughs>
0: Well, you did keep a low score against the Bills last week. You mentioned the defense really kind of coming into its own these last oh. couple of weeks. Martindale is somebody who we would be concerned about on our side of being able to scheme against, like you said, the young quarterback and Sam Howe. What should we expect from Martindale? You mentioned you're not sure of zone or man or whatnot, but as far as kind of the exotic plays, or are we going to see something where he's going to throw something we're not familiar with or yeah. what we have seen teams do against Sam Howell is just drop everybody back and let four men try to get after Sam Howell.
2: I wish, I wish Wink would follow that philosophy sometimes, but he doesn't. He'll send guys on the outside. He does like to send the, the eight gap blitz with the linebacker um, too. So what I expect him to do is that safety blitz, um, maybe, maybe slot corner blitz, things like that. Cause that's just Wink Martindale. That's his DNA. No matter how, no matter what I try to do as far as talking these videos and stuff like that about trying to get pressure with your front four. Now we don't have Aziz Ojalari, We don't have another guy on that on that other edge. Um, I think he's going to go back to or resort back to old Wink ways. Hopefully we see some pre-snap uh, motion. That that way we can identify what you guys are doing on offense or try to confuse Sam House so he doesn't know what we're trying to do and just send that pressure. This Wink Martindale at the end. He's predictable. It's going to be a lot of pressure. Um, if Sam Howe can prove that he can hit this, his hot reads and and, and his checkdowns and stuff like that, maybe he backs up. But uh, one thing with Wink Martindale, he's gonna he's gonna play his way first, and then if you guys beat the way he's scheming, he'll he'll uh, fall into that zone. And I hate that zone, to be honest.
1: Well, you don't sound super optimistic. Let me just say that. So, but my last question for you is mean, beat it out of me. for the Giants.
2: I got okay. it. No, I got it beat out of me. The, op- the yeah. optimism was, was beat out of me. Um, hey, I hear you. Four when weeks you're one in five,
1: there's not a lot of optimism. Yeah.
2: Like four yeah. weeks ago, beginning of the season, Yeah. my confidence was sky everybody. high, man. They they beat it out of me, man.
1: Yeah. All <laughs> right. So now it's time to go ahead, uh, at least for my last question for you is uh, mm-hmm. what's score going to be? What's your game prediction? For Washington v New York up at MetLife.
2: Um, I definitely think we need this game. Um, you guys need the game as well. But I think somehow, some way we put it together. Um, whether it's Tyrod Taylor, whether it's um, you know, whether it's I really don't think it's gonna be Daniel Jones. But um, I can see a low scoring game, tough, tough defensively, uh, maybe a 1417 game. I am gonna pick the New York Giants for sure. I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. But I think uh, Graham Gano kicks us uh, kicks the victory.
1: That that's oh. a guy I'm scared of, by the way. Gano. He, he just never <laughs> misses <man. laughs>
0: He used to be yeah. another another former Washington player. CP Big mm-hmm. Dash, you really just he need was to on come Washington. over to he was on Washington. Graham Gano is a Washington kicker. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> See, you're practically a Washington fan, even though you picked <laughs> the Giants. The Washington I do have I do have
2: some family in DC, but yeah. Yeah.
0: The Washington commanders play the New York giants this Sunday up in New Jersey, not in New York. Doesn't matter here. Big dash in Arizona. We appreciate you jumping on here with ref the district to preview the game from the Giants' side of the ball. I'm Nathan. That's the stoner. And until next time,
1: no Daniel Jones,
2: please. <laughs> Thank you for having me, fellas. Be a fan.